When it comes to booking in time with your prospects, we want to reduce no-shows and cancellations. We want to make sure that the right prospect is speaking to the right AE at the right territory and right time zone. Also, we want to reduce those no-shows and cancellations. That's exactly what Chili Piper's booking platform can help you do. Chili Piper are the official sponsors of the SDR Disco Call show. And if you want to check out more, head over to chilipiper.com forward slash happy. Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners and watchers, welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call Show. I've decided I'm going to stop saying podcast and vidcast and I'm just going to call it the SDR Disco Call Show. So as always, I'm always excited to be meeting with people in the sales development community and there is no exception to this person today. This is somebody that obviously I connected with on LinkedIn and at first when I looked at them, I was like, mm, they kind of do what I do, but I'm intrigued. And there were a few posts that this person put out and really got me ticking and thought, you know what, best thing to do is reach out to this person, connect. And we had a great conversation. I was like, right, we definitely want to get you onto the show. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce our guests. But this time around, I'd love you to introduce who are you, where are you in the world, what do you, who do you work for, and what do they do? Could you please introduce yourself, sir? Thank you, Neil. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Bisho Shamsuddin. Um, I'm originally from Syria. I grew up in Syria. Um, now I'm living in Germany since, since nine years. And uh, currently I'm living in Hamburg. I actually just moved two days ago here from Berlin. Um, what I do professionally is I'm a sales coach for prospecting. So SDRs or sales managers that do prospecting and I help them not only improve their results and book more high quality meetings, but I also focus a lot on making sure that salespeople feel great about themselves and lead a healthy and happy life so that not only is their life run by their job and they're not constantly thinking about their quota, but they are genuinely just feeling fulfilled and feeling like they have like they're happy outside of their work and that their life is not related and dictated by them hitting their quota or not. So that's it in a nutshell. Absolutely love it, Bisho. And Bisho, again, welcome to the SDR Disco Call Show. It's and an absolute pleasure me. to have you on board. Uh, and it's it's one of those great things when SDR coaches meet and they have like a common passion and goal and love. Um, and again, really happy to have you on the show as well. Um, so again, if you are listening to this through your local podcast platform, we'd really appreciate if you could give us a like and a rating so that we can be heard by others. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please like, comment, subscribe. And if you have any questions for future guests, like put them in the comments and we'd be happy to read them out. Um, but Bisha, coming back to yourself, outside of like the world of sales development and SDR coaching, what do you like to get up to, sir? Um, I mean, I grew up playing a lot of sports, so I, I love doing sports. I love doing uh, anything that has to do with, with body weight. So I don't really lift weights. I just, I love calisthenics, anything that has to do mm. with me gaining a feeling on my body and not just building muscle, but being flexible and feeling good in my body. Um, I'm also a huge fan of anything around breath work. I love, I love to meditate. I love to go into nature and just, um, you know, getting a sense for life the way it is, not being, uh, not being stressed. I also call myself, I'm an advocate for mental health. So I love mm. taking care of myself outside of work. I value my me time. I value taking time for myself so I can have more energy and more time for the people that I love. Um, I love reading. Um, I, I read almost 30 minutes to an hour every day. And I just really, I never, I, I never feel like I'm forcing myself to do it. It's just something that, that I love doing. I, I was never like that. I kind of grew into mm. it. 
And now I feel like yeah. these three things are just a huge part of what I do, you know, doing sports, taking care of myself and, um, and reading. And obviously in my free time also, I love to go out with my friends and have dinner with my friends. And uh, since I've been living alone for a while, I, I uh, developed a sense for cooking and, uh, <laughs> and now I, I, I pride myself as someone who, who loves to cook for other people is something that I really enjoy doing. It seems like we share a lot of similar and common interests um, in terms of like the training and bodyweight exercises. I love doing that and feeling good within yourself. And where you mentioned like breath work, we are going to take a breather today, ladies and gents. And we're going to ask you maybe to join in something. It's an idea that me and Bisha had before jumping onto this call. Mm. Um, and cooking. Yes, I love cooking because it helps me zone out and, you exactly. know, I get passionate about it. But especially cooking for other people because like you're putting that passion and love into that cooking. Oh, yeah to give something nice to other people so 100% on board so we definitely know the man the legend that is B-Show um, so for our YouTube watchers as you know what we like to do on this show is share uh, the LinkedIn profile of our guests and as a reminder what you can always do is check in on the comments or the show notes in your podcast or on the YouTube channel and you'll be able to connect with this guest and we really recommend that you do that if you have any questions off the back of this show if there's anything that's piqued your interest or equally, um, as Bisho is in the same world as me in terms of SDR coaching, highly recommend checking out sdrcoaching.com. I've checked out the website. And if anything, I said to Bisho, I'm friggin' intimidated, dude. You're like, you've got some cool content on there. You've got some great courses. So please check them out. Um, but if we're like scrolling through, you've got a lot of great content. You've got a lot of great snippets that you give uh, to your watchers and like your listeners out there as well. Um, and kind of looking at your career, it was quite cool to see that, you know, you've been a fundraiser and a team leader. You've worked uh, as a BDR uh, and as an account executive. So you've been in commercial sales as well. Um, you've been a sales and partnership director. You've also been at Mastermind as a business development coach. And this is kind of like what piqued my interest originally. Uh, and then you obviously have been an SDR coach for the past few years or so. So Bisho, like in your own words, can you kind of like walk us through your journey of like, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Like those experiences, the timelines, et cetera. Sure. Um, so I've heard this a lot and I've heard that a lot of salespeople kind of magically landed in sales without them even wanting it to happen. And that's exactly what happened in my case. Um, I actually used to study something completely different because I came from Syria. I didn't really know what to do. I learned German. And then I, I started studying something called um, molecular biotechnology in Heidelberg, which I really didn't like. And then after mm -hmm. three semesters, um, I took a, a tough decision and I decided to stop. And I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So I was completely lost. My parents thought my life was over. Um, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you have Middle Eastern parents, like they worry yeah. a lot about these kind of things. Um, mm -hmm. So then I just wanted to find a job and help my father financially because he was financing me. Um, so I just wanted to find something, to, you know, just make some money, help my father so I can at the same time think about what I want to do. And then I, I applied for a job on the internet that I saw pays well. And then they called me and I was, and the lady was like, Hey, you applied for a job in our company. And I was like, I don't really know what that job is. So can you remind me? Just like, well, it's a fundraising job. And, um, mm. I was like, let's go to the interview. I went to the interview. I got accepted somehow. And then I started working as a fundraiser where I basically, um, for a year and a half, I was standing in different cities in Germany and I would approach 500, 700, 800 people a day wow. and, and, and get them to basically, I mean, not, not everybody would, would stop and speak with me, but the goal was to convince them to sign on the spot a membership for an NGO and put their credit card information and start donating 120 bucks a year for uh, right. NGO, like WWF, Plan, Care. Most of them were Germans, um, mm. great, great NGOs. And then I became a team lead after a while. And um, that was basically the experience that sparked my, my 
my kind of my potential and my passion for communication and for talking to people and for pursuing people because there's something about getting that yes that is just unreally satisfying and especially when but also there's the process to it of like how do you approach people and and then you it's almost like really like fundraising is not that different from b2b sales it's still a funnel you approach people yeah. first up then you get them to the stand and then you go through the script and then you close them or there's objection handling or some people don't have objection handling and that was a very interesting that was really like mind-blowing experience and one of the most influential experiences that I had until now that had such a huge impact on my life because not only did I have the chance to really figure out what I want, but also mm. I learned skills that I use until this day in B2B business. So obviously B2C is completely different and it's an NG, you're selling basically membership. So I was selling emotions. But the only thing that I was doing was I was selling an emotion, making people feel good about themselves because they're donating for children or for animals. There was no real product. And if I, if I can pause you on that, because <clears throat> um, throughout my life, I've walked across people that are doing this on the streets. You know, they're trying to uh, gain charity donations or get people to sign up to these memberships. And I totally understand the model. And I always feel a little bit guilty because I'll be walking down the street and I'll see somebody like either wearing like an apron of some sort of a clipboard and, you know, they're trying to stop people. And as you said, up to like 800 people a day, that's a lot of conversations or a lot of potential leads uh, flying about. But I always feel guilty because I see them and I'm like, right, I don't want to be stopped by this person. I don't want to speak and I want to try and go around them. And sometimes I'll go onto the other side of the street. And I always feel this element of guilt because I know that they're really trying to do something um, and, you know, this isn't easy just to go up to people and like break the ice and have a conversation with them. And, you know, like to your point, there's probably millions of skills that you've picked up through that experience of talking to that many people, you know, having a conversation, like trying to make them feel happy about themselves and stuff like that. But for a guy like me, that's maybe walking past people like that and trying to, you know, navigate around them. Mm. What advice would you give to somebody like to at least have a conversation with them? Like, what do you think the benefit could be for them? Somebody like who who's not working for an NGO, somebody who's just walking. Yeah, like a lead street. walking past that person, trying to avoid that person because you know I always feel guilty trying to avoid mm -hmm. them. But what, what advice would you give to the people that you know maybe have a chat with that person because it could be something they could learn from it? Well, I mean, it's 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 the thing more about like you know at the end of the day, you know this person is going to sell you something. In the back of your mm -hmm. mind, you know this person is going to want your money some way or another, right? Yeah. So this is the first kind of ex ex to have ex the right expectations. Okay, this, this person is probably going to try to sell me something. So it's more about like, do I give this person a chance to try to convince me or am I not in the mood? Because again, like the, I understood from that job that it's a very irrational job. Mm. It's super irrational. Like it, there's no logical reason for the people to stand. And people had no logical reasons. The only reason, and I'm telling you this, I'm being 100% honest. The only reason why people were standing and talking with us was because the energy that we projected to people. Mm. So even if you were to, to come in my way, if I was feeling in a certain way and I was high up and I, and I lock eye contact with you and I smile at you and you feel me, your, your, your body is going to subconsciously react and you're going to stop and you're going to speak with me. You know? Some people even get that feeling, but they're really in a hurry and they're like, sorry, I have to go, but they still leave with a good feeling. But at, a, at another day, you might meet the exact same person, but that person, that fundraiser might be feeling a little bit down and you're not going to feel motivated to want to speak with them. Yeah. You know? So you're, you're, it's, you know, 100%. Like, so this is one of one of the most important learnings that I took with me to B2B sales today is like energy is just 80% of the game. Mm. You know, being an SDR and having low energy just doesn't work. You know, I'm not saying I'm not talking about like there's people understand low energy with being an introvert. No, that's not what that means. Low energy being not motivated, not caring, uh, not wanting to help other people, you know. 
not having high energy and just being on the spot. If people are like that, it's not going to work. And that's where I learned from fundraising. Because mm-hmm. in fundraising, I had instant feedback constantly to my energy level. It was not like cold love- calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can relate because, like, again, sometimes when I walk past these people, they will try to get that eye contact with me. They'll try to have a smile or they'll make, uh, you know, a nice comment saying, oh, I like your hair or I like your outfit that you're wearing. And, you know, they're like, they'll try and stop me on the street and I'll just be like, I don't want to have a conversation. But sometimes the people that seem really nice or, you know, there's something warming about them or an aura about them, you are gravitating towards that. And as you were speaking there, it was making me think of, you know, like B2B events where you, like you said, you have stands and prospects are walking through. I recently went to a podcast event where there was a lot of stands, but what I noticed with the brands that I wanted to speak with, their salespeople on the sales floor just were not engaging. They weren't looking my way. I was a potential buyer. Like I bought a whole bunch of equipment from some other stands. Um, But it just made me think, I was just like, if I was you, I'd be like, you know, engaging, being a bit more warm. Um, and there's this thing that I read, and again, I'm not a scientist by any stretch, but with your heart, it gives off electromagnet pulses, right? And those pulses are basically your energy. And people can actually sense if there's a good vibe or a bad vibe coming from you based on this energy that you're giving out. And again, this morning, like similar to yourself doing meditation or like reading things, I like to watch like motivational things. And I was looking at my first ever SDR coach, the one and only John Barrows. And he was talking about this story about um, Morgan Ingram, his SDR coach. And he was like saying that Morgan was like trying different results and he just wasn't getting where he wanted to. And like he was trying as hard as he could. And he went up to John and he just said, John, like, when are my results going to improve? And John said to him, uh, don't take this the wrong way. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it's when you give a shit. And Morgan looked at him like, what do you mean? He said, like, you know, like you love your career, you love your job and everything but the actual want to help people, the want to actually do these things for people. And similar to you, like when you're trying to fundraise or you're at a stand, like you're really passionate, you want to talk to these people. That energy can come across face-to-face. It can come across on the phone. It can come through a remote session like we're doing now. I feel like some great energy between us. And that's what made me want to do this show, you know. So I 100% agree. It's based on your mindset and your energy that you're putting out to people. So I think... I might have to give those people on the streets uh, a bit more of my time and just see what energy, because again, you absorb that energy and things that you could learn yourself, you know, to, to give out to other people. Mm. But again, I'm going off on a wild tangent, but as you said, you was learning a lot of conversational skills. Like you were going through this, you became a team leader. What kind of happened after that B show? So, um, as I said, this made me realize, okay, I want to go in that direction where I'm constantly communicating with people. But I, I also knew that I don't want to, I don't want to sell to consumers to the rest of my life. I feel like, I don't know, I always wanted something a little bit more for myself. And I knew that, okay, I want to go into B2B sales. So um, I applied for university and I, then I studied uh, international uh, business and marketing, knowing I'm going to go into sales. I didn't even want to do a master's, just a bachelor. And then I did that. And then I directly started as an SDR for SolveMate, moved to Berlin, um, started there as an STR and, um, the very, the very interesting thing that happened at the beginning was that I went to SolveMate thinking, I'm a fundraiser. This is going to be easy. Uh, It was not easy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, yes, I think I learned a lot about tenacity and grit and um, and energy and stuff through fundraising, but the skill set needed for B two B sales goes way beyond that. But I had the right foundation. So there's a lot of people that mm. struggle with 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 rejections, that struggle with with having the right energy. I never struggled with that from the beginning. I never struggled with rejection because there, there's no worse thing than being on the street and having people shouting at you because they don't want to speak with you. So I was. I was, I was done with the whole rejection thing that a lot of STRs struggle with. For me, it was more like kind of figuring out, okay, h- how do you sell in B2B? How does B2B sales work? And uh, I was really bad. I think I, I, I booked like two meetings in my first quarter. Um, yeah. But luckily, um, my colleague back then, who's now my business partner, Jonas, so I want to give a shout out to him directly. Um, 
he, the, the interesting thing is that Jonas was also a fundraiser. And he was at the exact mm-hmm. same company like me, only five years before me. So we didn't really cross paths. But we were the only the first hires, the first SDR hires, and we had the same background. One thing that Jonas does naturally so well is operations and, and systematic thinking. He's just amazing at it. So what, what Jonas basically helped me do was that, first of all, what he did was he got us some coachings. So Jonas and I did around seven coachings in the first year. Okay. And what happened was that each coaching taught us one methodology, but we couldn't use 100% of each coaching. So we would always take 10% from here, 10% from here, 10%. But we learned a whole lot of things. So it was amazing. Um, But the thing that Jonas did, and I basically just helped him. I was just basically like going out and testing things for him, with him. Yeah. And we systematically created a sustainable and replicable outbound process for SolveMate. But it took us two quarters, two and a half quarters to create to crack that first email sequence that got us the 6%, 7% meeting book trade, 20% reply rate, 80% open rate, stuff like that. But it took us a lot of time. You know? And we tried so many different things. So that was a very interesting experience because not only I learned how B2B sales kind of works, but I also learned, okay, you need to be thinking systematically in everything in sales. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you, when it comes to developing things, you need to be testing things out in a systematic way because there's no one solution fits all. And this is something that we learned in, um, through the coachings that we would learn specific templates and they would not work for us but they work perfectly for other people. So that was also a a very important kind of aha moment for us. Hey, wait, like moving forward, because we were thinking like, we're not going to stay in SolveMate forever. Obviously we're not at SolveMate anymore. What are we going to do later? Hmm, Okay. We learned all these techniques and now we have to systematically test things. So then me and Jonas overachieved our quotas, got to a point where things were really easy for us. Um, and then he became SDR team lead and I became an account executive. Yeah. Um, but I was still prospecting the whole time. I never really stopped prospecting because I just loved it. And then, um, I decided to leave SolveMate because I got the opportunity to, uh, co-found Lightshield, um, okay. which is the, the, we call it Lightshield National Center for, uh, for burnout prevention, for burnout prediction okay. and prevention. And basically, um, because we did that in the middle of the pandemic, because um, my co-founder, Alex, who's a health corporate manager, he had the opportunity to um, implement a very high-tech technology into Germany, like, almost like a franchise kind of corporation with our mm-hmm. corporate, with, our corporation, uh, with, with, with the creator of that method in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically had the offer to bring that into Germany and he needed to build a team around it. And he was like, we show, I think he would be perfect for this because he knows, he knew that I love the topic of mental health. I was always involved with that topic. I left Syria when I was 18, two years before. So the, the problem of stress has been following me for a long time and I've been dealing with it in a, very well. And I learned a lot of things about it. So I knew that I want to give people the opportunity to not burn out because Burnout rates doubled in the last 10 years. Like there's data, yeah. like they doubled yeah. in the last 10 years. Um, you see the world around you. People are just stressed. Salespeople are stressed. Developers are just very stressed. You know, people are stressed. You know, and it got to me. I wanted to change that. Mm. So um, he said, would you like to co-found with us? I was like, hell yes. That's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. not, that, not that I didn't like working at SolveMate. Yeah. But there was just a different emotional attachment for me in that in that sector and in that issue in the world. Mm. And if if to pause here, because that is that's such a beautiful story. Like there are so many relationships that were built within that flow. Um and like the one thing that stood out to me as you're saying it with like your founder uh, co-founder Jonas, where this guy had a similar track record to you in terms of career and experience, like he'd been like a fundraiser as well. 
Um, and the fact that you were building out this like coaching program together and doing different iterations, what wasn't working for you, but was working well for others. Um, and like he became SDR, like team lead and you became an account executive. And, you know, like you said, you're being successful. Like it was easy for you guys to do. And I think, again, that's a, a key element of like energies intertwining because you come across people that have similar mindsets. And this is kind of like what people say, like, Neil, how are you? And I'm going to be a bit honest here, like people, like, you seem so successful or you've done so many great things and looking at your LinkedIn, like you've had an extensive career. And I'm like, really? I said, I'm just doing, you know, like I don't ever consider myself as successful or I've made it or I'm like famous. I, I don't ever look at that. And what I kind of say to that is, I just always follow what I like doing. And what I naturally find is that I come across similar people that are doing similar things and I just tend to, you know, jump on board with them. So like to your point, do you want to co-found something around your passion? Do you want to help build this thing out? You're like, yes, you know, and I found this not only in sales, but I found this in like perfect, like in my music life. I found it with my fitness life. And I'm always gravitating towards these people. And they always say, like, you are the sum total of the six people that you hang around with the most. So if you hang around with five billionaires, you'll be the fifth billionaire. If you hang around with five smart people, you become the most smart people. I don't know how to define myself, but I love energy. I love happiness. I love positivity. Um, and most of the people in my social circles are of that sort of nature and tenacity as well. So, again, like gravitating and then coming like, and burnout. That's like a very big topic, you know. It's something yeah. I've experienced twice in my life, wow. and I almost had it again last year. And a lot of people that are going to listen to the show have either gone through it or maybe they're going through it right now, you know, to like give some home truths. Like my biggest burnout has been around the stress of work or, you know, running your own business. So uh, I found like during the pandemic where I was an SDR coach, a lot of my team members were dealing with so many mental health issues, you know. Some of them, this was their first tech job, so they'd never had a job like this before. So the, the structure, the, the needs and wants, their KPIs, that was a lot to take on. They were going through a pandemic and they didn't know, you know, working from home, they were going absolutely nuts indoors. And you know, I've been there as well. And some of them had um, underlying mental health issues where the pandemic had, you know, exasperated it and made it even 10 times worse. And kind of what I realized as myself as a coach or as a manager is I had to be an SDR manager, which was doing the day-to-day -day operations, but I also had to become like a sales therapist. And I've been through therapy myself and I really advocate, you know, doing therapy. There's no stigma or anything bad about it. But at the beginning of my one-to-ones, I said, before we go into work and everything, like, how are you? Is the first question I would ask. They would then tell me normally, Bishal, yeah, do you know what? I'm going good. I'm, I've done this in sales loft. I've got a couple of responses. Okay, that's work. I'm going to ask the question again. How are you? I don't want to know about work. I want to know how you as an individual, how you feel. And asking this question twice normally got more of an honest response for them where they said, you know what, I'm worried about this or, you know, this has happened with my family or this is happening in work and finances and money. And I want to hear about that stuff. And I'd always make sure that we focus on this at first before we go into a work meeting. And some one-to-ones I had were never about work. It was just about the individual and like chatting to them. So, you know, like, for listeners and watchers out there, I know there are some managers out here which may be going through stuff with managing a team, motivating a team. I think it's always good to ask, like, where are they right now? Like, how are you? Ask that question again. Um, and with burnout prevention, what sort of tips, again, if this is kind of like your field and something you're passionate about, what tips would you give to people out there to help reduce, like, burnouts? Yeah. So something something that I, that I learned while I was... Um, so it's just to give some context, right? Yeah. So, so a burnout is the accumulation of a lot of things that happen over a long period of time. It happens instantly. The results like a bubble that bursts. Mm. But until the bubble bursts, people think they're stressed or they're tired. So that's the first thing is that be aware that those small things that are happening over a long period of time are signs of burnout. So be aware of those things. Don't wait because this is something that something that comes back to what you just you just said before about people not opening up directly about how they actually feel, and that's the first problem. Is that we have we we have a cultural 
problem and a cultural issue around how we feel and everything is process oriented. Yeah. yeah. And that's a problem in sales that we have, not only in sales, actually in every industry, you know, and that is something that really hurts me to see that mm. we are still at a point where people think that the solution to everything is a process, but it's never going to be, it never was. That's the thing. It never actually was, but it's yeah. easier to hide it this way. So the first thing that people, if you're listening and you feel like sometimes you're, you're consistently tired yeah, or you don't have energy at the end of the day, yeah, you're sleeping too much, you're sleeping too much, yeah, you're drinking too much, you feel, uh, you feel kind of attracted to drinking every day after work. Yeah. Those are signs that something might happen in the future. So the first thing, the first tip is self-awareness on a daily basis, you know, be aware. And I say, reflect, reflect every single day at the end of the day, ask your day, how was the day? How did it go? How did I feel? Not only what did I do? How many calls did I did? How many deals did I close? How many discoveries? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. How, of course I do these things too, but I always ask them, how was my energy today throughout the day? How was I feeling throughout the day? Why maybe I was not feeling good? You know, how was my morning? How was my morning routine? Did I wake up late? Did I rush to work? You know, did I take enough breaks today? I was asking, did I take enough breaks today? So yeah. these things are very important. Like self-awareness through reflection is extreme on a daily basis. Because Steve Jobs said, you can never connect the dots moving forward, only moving backwards. So the first thing is look at yourself very, very honestly. No, like don't bullshit yourself and say, ah, yeah. I'm going to be fine. No, probably if you say that to yourself, you're already going the wrong way. Because yeah. mm. there's always something that you can, that anybody can work on. That's a fact. Yeah. There's always something we can work on. It's never, it's a never ending loop, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. Say this yeah. way. So that's the first thing. It's just like reflect on yourself, see how you're feeling. And then the second day, and I always say this to people, First thing I plan every day is my breaks on a daily basis. Plan your breaks or they will break you. Mm -hmm. I plan my breaks. I don't overwork myself. You know? Plan your breaks every single day. Also, what do you do at the beginning of the day and what do you do at the end of the day are super important. So the framework around the work, right? And I have a very extensive morning routine. Like I wake up, but I trained myself. I wake up at 5.30 every morning. I don't start working. I don't, I don't even open my phone or laptop until nine. Yeah. So all this time is just me time. You know, I read, I meditate. I go out for a walk in the morning. Who does that? I go out like seven thirty, eight 8 in the morning. I just go out and go walk for like half an hour. Just listening to music sometimes. Nothing. Yeah. So this kind of learn to invest time in yourself and learn to be okay without achieving. I think that's a, that's a problem that a lot of people struggle with is that they were taught that they have to be achieving consistently and constantly. Yeah. And that's toxic. It's cancer. <laughs> that's mental cancer. You know, you just can't do that to yourself on a longer period of time. People are burning out. So if you're listening to this and you feel like tired, take time for yourself in the morning, take breaks, you know, and, and I said that like when you're taking breaks, no screens allowed. Yeah. No, no screens allowed. Know, take yourself out. Sometimes if, I, if I'm bored and I really need some stimulation, I read, but not business things in my break. I read something like, read something that's just like light, you know, something makes me feel good about myself. It's kind of distracts me for a while, but it's good for my eyes because you need to get out of, get off the, get off the screen. You know, 100%. what else? Um, it's going to sound stupid, but drink a lot of water. Most people don't drink water, you know, they drink a lot of water and real water is super important. Um, and something that we talked about is breath work. I believe that breath work is the most important skill that everybody, I don't think there's an exception. I think everybody should be doing breath work on a daily basis because breath work turns down our survival mechanism, which is the reason for our stress. You know? So if we learn how to breathe correctly and we consistently do breath work exercises that calms down our mind and increases the, our heart energy by the way which is there's a maybe we should talk about this there's a um 
there's a breathwork exercise called brain heart coherence, which is exactly about that. I don't know. Do you know that? Yeah, go for it. Go for it, please. Would you, would, 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 would you like to do it for just one minute, see how you feel about it? And if, yeah, so and, and, listeners and, and if, watchers, yes, we're going to do it listening. first time. Yeah, yeah, for a first time uh, on the show, we're going to do an actual exercise. I've been. I'm, yeah. This is something we kind of spoke about before yeah. this show. Uh, so yeah, if you're watching, if you're listening, we'd like you to join in. So Bisho, please be our coach here in this yeah, breath work, I'd, I'd and I'm to. happy to follow, so yeah. go for it. Yeah, so the first thing, just sit in a way that you're relaxed. You know, exactly. Just just close your eyes. And I'm going to walk you through this. So the first thing I need from you is to slow down your breath to five seconds inhale and five seconds exhale. And imagine it's like a wave. So you don't want to have any stops in between. You want it like a wave, but slow waves. So just slow down your breath. That's the first thing. Now what I need to do is, I need you to put your focus on your heart and look for your heartbeat. If it helps, you can even put your right hand on your chest. Just feel your heartbeat, search for it. Slow your breath. Don't worry if you don't directly feel your heartbeat. I promise you're still alive. So just listen to your heartbeat and slow down your breath. Now I need you to put a small smile on your face. Now, for one of the most important parts of this, um, we want to trigger a feeling of thankfulness and appreciation. And I need you to think about things that you're thankful for, starting with your heart, because the heart beats 24 hours, seven days a week, nonstop. That's grace. That is real grace. So just think about things you're thankful for, your family, your job, food on your plate, just the simple stuff. Slow down your breath. Feel your heartbeat. Keep that small smile. Think about things you're thankful for. And you can do this literally as long as you want, just for the sake of time. Um, I think I'll I'll come back to reality, but I am super calm, ladies and Bisho, like, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for that, dude. I'm really really happy I could, um, I I had the chance to share this with you guys because this is something that really, I think about every day, how can I share this more with people? Mm. Because you, you you mentioned it before about this the, the electromagnetic field of the heart yeah. is actually is exactly sixty times stronger than the magnetic field of the brain. Mm. So when we activate that heart and we fill it with appreciation and we fill it with love, it has an amazing effect not only on our body, yeah. but also on people around us. And I tell this all the time to people like, do this three times a day. You know, one time in the morning, one time after lunch. And if you have sleeping problems, a lot of people have sleeping. Do this before you sleep. Why are you just laying in your bed? So you're going to sleep like a baby. You might have troubles yeah. the first day, but I promise you, it's really going to improve your sleep uh, your, your sleep pattern. So um, if, you, if you're listening to this and you just did this exercise, give it a shot. And remember that everything you do is like going to the gym. If you do it one time, you might get a pump for a little bit, but then the effect won't stay. But if you do it consistently, it's going to have long-lasting effects on your personality, on your results, Mm -hmm. on the way you feel. 
it's going to have a long lasting effect on your insecurities and the things that worry you. And it's going to change those things, those things. It's going to even change the way you think because once your mind relaxes, it starts seeing clearly and it kind of pulls, pulls itself out of this cloud of stress and worries mm. that we are constantly living in. And it allows us to just see clearly and be just in our middle, as we say in German, just like balance yeah. in our middle. And this is something that if you're listening to this, I promise you it's going to change your life. Freaking is, dude. And so very grateful for you for sharing that. And for our listeners and watchers, if you like this, please give us a like, a comment, reach out to Bisho, send him some love, because I think that was absolutely powerful. And to quote Plato, to know thyself is true wisdom, right? Oh, yeah. And it's this whole element of self-awareness. And this is kind of like a, a thing that I was speaking to with the VP of sales the other day where, you know, what makes a great SDR? And they talk about tenacity, they talk about grit, they talk about drive. But I said it's those SDRs that have a high level of self-awareness that will be the ones that are most successful. So, you know, to, to get to know yourself, it's a very long journey. And again, there's nothing, it's no, no such thing as perfection, right? It's all about progress yeah. and how can you improve upon yourself. In my younger days, I was always competitive and I always wanted to be the best at things, beat other people, be at the leaderboard, stuff like that. But as I've grown older, it's like I want to be better than who I was, you know, yesterday or the day before that. And, you know, similar to like the practices that you have, I, again, I wake up very early in the morning. I make it a valiant effort not to check my phone for the first hour upon waking up. The first things that I do is I do a meditation on Headspace. Um, I then fill out my six-minute diary. So I do three things that I'm grateful for in the morning. Awesome. I talk about how I'm going to make this day successful. And then I have to give myself a positive affirmation. <laughs> and this is going to sound weird, but I write the same thing every day that I have done for the last three years, which is, and I'm a big fan of Marvel. So I either write, I am Iron Man or I am Tony Stark with a heart. And I also put in, I love myself <laughs> 3000. And what I used to put in their B show was, um, you know, I want to be a better version of myself. And I also learned in a podcast where, where we have this connotation of I want to be. We're living in a future state that we're not there yet. And we cannot have our hands on the future and we cannot have our hands on the past. We have to have our hands on the present moment. So this has now changed into I am the best version of myself because I am my only, you know, I am my biggest fan and I have to believe that in myself. And, you know, to, to your point of taking those breaks in the day are so important. So like when I do a podcast, I always put 15 minute buffers outside of this so that I'm not jumping into another meeting. Um, and also what I do, I ask myself, what are the three goals that I want to get done today? I may have a lot of training, coaches, shows, whatever, or family and stuff like that. But what are my three goals that I want to get done? So it may be, I want to have some exercise today, or I want to go to the walk in the park and have my lunch there. Or, you know, I want to finish at this exact time so I can go see my son or I can go see my friends or I can have a call with somebody, which is one of my best mates. And what I like to do is reflect at the end of the day and ask myself, did I reach those three goals? And if I didn't, what stopped it so that I can, you know, mitigate it from happening again tomorrow? And, you know, doing things that you love, um, a lot of the times, you know, we go into this SDR role and we're doing numbers and metrics and there is this toxicity of, you know, you have to be top performer, you have to be the best person, you have to be the top closer. I'm like, do you? I wasn't. And I'm happy as, you know, happy as Larry right now. Um, and it's, you know, you know, this like toxicity of this culture in sales It is there. And I'll give you an example, Bisho, if it's all right. I was on holiday for the last two weeks where I said to myself, I'm not doing any happy selling stuff. I'm not doing an SCR training and everything. Every now and then, out of boredom, I dipped into LinkedIn just to read, you know, to scroll through my feed out of boredom. But the one thing that I noticed, and it kind of got me a bit angry, was every post that I'm seeing has some sort of negative connotation to it. So this is the biggest problem why SDRs can't do this. These are the problems what's going on with your proposal. This is the reason people are burning out and all of these things. And I was just like, it's just negative as fuck. And this is what you're consuming. So you have to be very mindful as to the content that you consume in your TV, your news, your media, your music to an extent as well, right? Yeah. And I just sat there and I just said, but can we not talk about the good things that happen? So this is how people are succeeding in this. This is how people are being more fruitful in their relationships at work. 
This is the feeling they get with working with a team, et cetera, et cetera. And I really try to make it a thing in my post not to talk about negative things or try to put it in a positive connotation or positive light. And I'm also mindful that I've actually started unfollowing certain people, no names mentioned, because I like the person, but the content you're spewing is polluting my mind. And I have to be very cautious as to what I let in here. And I think it was Jay Shetty. And again, going to devices because our devices are the things we're on the most. And, you know, I have mindful timers and I have, you know, I'm only allowed on Instagram for one hour a day at most. Mm. And I'm only allowed two hours of screen time. Otherwise, my phone will cut off to those points. But Jay Shetty said something once which really stuck in my mind. He said, imagine one day you wake up in bed and you have 100 people walk into your bedroom and start speaking to you. Would that not be freaking scary? And I was like, hell yeah. So why would you allow your phone to provide you 100 notifications from the moment that you wake up? And it's this whole thing that we need to break up with our phone, right? Because this causes, it causes stress, it causes anxiety, it causes people to, you know, compare themselves to other people that they don't really know because social media is only 10% of reality, right? You don't see all the heartaches, the bad things and the non-successful things because people don't want to post about that as well. But also, if you look at your device, the amount of white light that it produces into your eyes... And if you're looking at these devices in your bed, and to your point earlier, if you have trouble sleeping, I used to have a lot of trouble speaking. And some, and I learned this through my son who uh, has autism. And with people with autism, they have a lack of, or they're not able to produce as much melatonin. Hence why he was always awake as a baby and he never went to sleep and it was really hard to put him to sleep. And I understood that melatonin was a natural chemical within your brain, which is filtered in towards bedtime when the light goes out in daytime. And that helps you fall asleep. But when you're looking at your devices, like your phone in your bed, that's pushing white light into your eyes. And you're reading all these things. And that is a reason why I used to struggle sleeping. So I now have a rule. When I finish my evening, I'll watch some TV. Then I'll try and read something or listen to some music. But my phone is not allowed in my bedroom anymore. It has to stay out in the living room on its charger. Yeah. And doing these things like waking up, meditating, having that time off, self-reflecting awareness, talking to people or listening to great coaches like you and doing great breathing exercises. This is what makes me the best version of me because I love myself and I want to do best for myself. And when you can love yourself, then you can give that love to other people, be it your teammates, be it your students, be it your friends, be it your families, or putting it into something like this. And I came back from holiday and I used to look at my schedule in my week and I used to take Mondays as my planning day as how this week's going to go out. But this week, I've taken the whole week as a planning week where I'm saying, what am I going to do on certain days for the next months or quarters? And what I've decided is Mondays are my media days. Mondays, because I love doing podcasting, I love doing editing and all of this stuff. That's where I record guests, I intro guests, um, I talk to my team, we create content, and that gets my energy going. Tuesday to Wednesday is when I do SDR coaching and training because I've already had that energy from Monday and I can put that into the week. But what now, when it comes to Friday, I've decided I'm not working anymore. Fridays will be for either self-improvement or learning a new skill or doing something non-related to sales or being with my son and my family so that I can go into that weekend thinking like, yeah, this has been a pretty cool week. So when I come to Monday, I'm not looking forward to weekends anymore. I'm looking forward to that Monday and starting off that weekend. Once you have that momentum, you know, to your point, be consistent with it. Dude, you can take over the world, man. You can change yeah, the world. And I kind of said, I was speaking to us again, sorry if I'm going on, but I just, I just want to share this, but, awesome. um, I was speaking to a, an SDR student who's going to be on the show later down the line. And he said, you know, you've done all this thing, like your podcast going really well, like happy selling is going really well. I'm like, yeah, cool. And he's like, one day you're going to be like a billionaire. Neil. I just know it. And I was like, I don't want to be a billionaire. And I said, what I want to do is I want to help a billion people. That is more powerful than being a billionaire. So yeah. this is a reason why we do this podcast so we can get beautiful people like yourself to share these things, to inspire other people, because hopefully we're going to touch a billion people with this podcast. It can happen and it will happen. And I'm putting that out to the universe, but be sure I really appreciate you being on this journey as well. And before we come into like the end of the show, I also want to like give a shout out to sdr-coaching.com. Could you tell us a little bit about how did that come about? And like, what do you do and how do you help out SDRs out there? Yeah, um, so how did that come about is because um, I was, so I, I co-founded Lightshield with my other co-founders, with Alex and uh, with Alex and uh, our other co-founder, 
Joram, who's not Jonas, my current uh, business partner. And yeah. basically, um, we didn't go as we as we wanted it to go. And um, with, because I learned one time that success is 40% who you are, 30% timing, 20% what you do, and 10% how you do it. And mm-hmm. our, our timing was just way off. Um, we thought, and this is maybe just, I'm sharing this because there's a huge, huge learning there. Yeah. Um, we thought that because it was in the pandemic and people are stressed, companies are going to want to invest. We found the exact opposite is true. Mm. We found out that because it was the pandemic, even though people are stressed, companies don't want to invest. And the second point is we also found out that the German market in terms of mental health is 10 years behind. Oh, really? Yeah. So we had a very, very modern solution that predicts and prevents. But German, the German medical market was not in a prevention stage yet. It was in a reaction yeah. stage. Yeah. It still is in a reaction stage. I think most of the world is in a reaction stage. <laughs> I, think, I think most people just do not, do not understand what prevention actually means and that you need mm-hmm. to invest in, your, in yourself beforehand so things don't happen. We learned, okay, if you get sick, you go to the doctor. If this happens, you go to therapy. If this happens, you do this. This is what we, we were taught to do. Yeah. You know? But it's not really sustainable, that way of thinking. And then we found out that we are way out of the market. Because people didn't, were not really aware that, oh, wait, like I can actually invest into the future. And because there's a lot of people doing it, it was very hard for people to kind of invest. So we decided to put it on ice. It's still on and we still have the product and we still have the cooperation with Holland. Um, yep. But we're leaving it for the right moment because the product that we have, there's no product like that in the whole world that predicts and prevents burnouts in the same way we, that we do it. I'm really happy it exists. It was a bummer that the timing was off, but we know a day is going to come where people are going to understand what it means and we're going we're gonna to go, go, go at it again because that, my mission in that sector is not done yet. Our mission yeah. is not done yet. So then um, my current business partner, who was back then my SDR team with Jonas, told me that he's starting SDR coaching. And I asked, I told him, hey, we're probably going to put Light Shield on ice. I'd love to join you. Mm. And he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's bring the back crew, the, the, the crew back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the crew came back together, me and him. And this happened last year, September. And um, at the beginning, he was basically doing most of the coachings. I was only doing sales, prospecting for us. And now we developed in a way where I'm doing most of the coachings uh, together with him. Um, and basically what we do is, so the reason why we decided to do this coaching is because as I told you before, the coaching that we did, we found out that from each coaching, we took 10%, 10%, yeah. 10%. Yeah. So we took everything that we learned and we have a toolbox. Now, each company that we work with, we don't tell them this is this, th- there's this template, use it, it's going to work. What we do is we say, hey, this can work and this can work and this can work. Let's test systematically and see what works best for you. This is why we don't do one-time workshops. We don't do seminars. We work at least three months with our clients because we want to systematically work out the best solution for them to get them to that 5%, 6%, 7% meeting book trade, whether it's LinkedIn, cold calling, or emails. That's kind of the standard you want to get at, right? Like you want to be at least 3%. You know, that's the minimum you want to be at. Yeah. Book trade. You know? And we get our clients to 5 6 7% at the moment, not because we have the best templates, but because we have a range of things that we know other people have used and we have used at work. And then we systematically test things with people. The difference now to before three or three or four months ago is that now we have a different amount of experience and we have a better gut feeling. So when we get a new customer, we can tell directly, hmm, this is going to work. And most of the time it does because now our feeling and our experience have grown. So we, we, we are faster at producing results now to people. You know? mm. But not well, by having one template, by knowing, okay, let's systematically test them. Sometimes we're even wrong. And we tell the people at the beginning, hey, we might, not, we might be wrong the first month. You know? yeah. we, might, we might be wrong with the template. We might be wrong with the cold call script. We might be wrong with the approach. But we know, we know we're going to crack it. We know we're going to find yeah. that. So this is basically how we work with people at the moment. 
I absolutely love that. So again, listeners and watchers, if you want to find out more about Bisho services, check the links in the YouTube video or in the podcast show notes and have a check out. And again, I, as an SDR coach, and when I came across their services website, I said, this is so freaking cool. Like it was like intimidating for me because like we're in the same line of work, but I love that approach of, you know, being upfront with them that it might not work. <clears throat> and it's the same thing that I do with a happy selling where I say to them, like, look, whatever I'm about to teach you, um, or whatever I've done the last 10 years may not work for you, but to your point earlier, take the best bits of what you like and then create it in your own style. I'm not here, here to tell you how to do your job. I'm just sharing what's worked for me and what's worked for other SDRs and then make it your own. So I love that model and you never know one day I'd love to like maybe attend a class just to see you guys in action or if you're ever doing anything, I'd love to do it. Um, but again, make sure that you check out um, B-Show's SDR coaching uh, through the links at, at the bottom of this as well. Um, so Bisha, as we're coming like towards the end of the show, and this has been a phenomenal show. So again, thank you so much. And again, thank you to our listeners and watchers listening to this as well. We're super grateful for you as well. But what three bits of advice would you give to somebody who's just about to start this career? Maybe they're standing on the street trying to do some fundraising and they're thinking about that life and sales. What three bits of advice would you give to that Bisha? So you mean to my old self, if I was to go back and, and speak with myself? Yeah. Um, the first thing, the first thing I would, I would tell myself is to start taking care of myself earlier because I had times at the beginning of my SDR career where I was in my free time, I was partying and I was, I was hurting my body basically. Yeah. And, um, I know that if I was a little bit more conscious with that, with the way I use my free time. I would have been somewhere completely different today. I would have been even way more. I mean, I, I consider myself to be very healthy today, but I know yeah. I would have I would have been on the next level. Um, so that's the first thing I would just like take care of myself more and learn how to use me time. Um, this is more on a personal level, more of like a skill set level. Um, I would have told myself to learn proper time and focus management earlier mm. because I'm seeing it now with a lot of SDRs is a huge struggle, you know, yeah. like learn how to manage your time and focus and to be more effective with your time so that you don't overwork yourself to achieve the results because you don't, because you need to always think in Pareto, always think 20, 80, 20% of the things you do will get to 80% of the results. Yep. Once you figure those tasks out and you focus at them and you focus your your morning energy, you have a good morning routine that gives you good energy and then you know your focus is on these amount of tasks because if you get this done correctly, you're going to achieve 80% of the results. Mm. I would have achieved way more results way faster because I was focusing on things that don't really matter. Mm. So just learn the proper... proper um, time and focus management. And one thing that I would also maybe teach myself is that people buy to solve problems and not to get benefits. And if I was to learn that before and implement it before in my messaging, I would have optimized my results better, faster. Mm -hmm. So uh, just tell myself, hey, communicate problems first to your customers and they're going to be like, oh, wait, I need to talk to this guy is way more effective than telling them we can help you do one, two, and three. So in a nutshell, learn probably the foundation, something that I talked about, learn to take care of myself way earlier, you know, to have more energy, be happier, etc., etc. Time and focus management, which also plays to the first point because then I would have better energy management throughout the day. Better breaks, obviously, with that. And the third one on a technical level is just selling through problems and approaching problems and problem-based messaging just triggers prospects way better than, than um, only value-based um, messaging. I love it. Those are solid, solid bits of advice there, Bisha. Thank you so much for teaching us, coaching us, and educating us today. Um, and in terms of gratitude, like, are there any shout-outs that you'd like to give on today's show? Um, Shout-out shout out to God for giving us this, this opportunity to be here. Um, Shout-out to my, my business partner, Jonas, um, to, to you for allowing me to be here. 
my family, my friends, and everybody who's listening. And if you are an SDR manager or if you're an SDR, and not only you want to improve your results, but you want yourself and your team to feel better about yourself and be happy while doing sales, which is the most amazing career in the world, then reach out to me perfectly on LinkedIn or through our website. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I salute that 100%. I endorse that as well. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the SDR Disco Call Show. Just a gentle reminder, if you are listening to this in your local podcast platform, such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, etc., please give us a like and a rating so that our show can be heard by others out there. And similarly, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe. And if you want to ask any questions to the guests, make sure you dump them in the comments. I'll read them through and I'll bring them out through to the next guest. But B-Show, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining. And most importantly, sir, happy selling. Thanks for having me. Happy selling to you too and to all the amazing listeners out there. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show.